Self Fiction, a podcast that celebrates storytellers across all mediums. Each episode, we weave together two stories within a common theme and analyze their meaning on everyday life. This week's theme is It's Gonna Be Me. <laughs> I'm Jeff. And I'm Heather. And welcome to the show. Thank you guys for being patient with us this week. We had uh, a busy wedding weekend and a few like technical difficulties with my, my cable. <laughs> so we're a little bit later, but uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, keep banging Heather's on everything. I, on so, mic. okay, so wait. <laughs> Jeff got me the sweetest anniversary present. So... I don't think a lot of you know like how we record, but Jeff sits in his like nice, comfy like <laughs> office chair. It's IKEA. <laughs> it's but yeah, it's a, it's an actual office yeah, chair. Yeah, that's true. Yep. I drag our wooden kitchen chair over <laughs> from our kitchen table, and it's like not comfortable. I put a pillow behind it, and it's a mess. So anyway, our anniversary just happened, and um, year two is apparently cotton. Yeah. So Jeff got me um. A nice little rolly chair. It's like a it's, good time to record in. So it's not, I don't think it's technically cotton, but you it's know, like it's a fabric. Throne. Yeah, it's still, you know, it's better than what you were rocking. <laughs> it's an update, upgrade, yeah. up, upgrade for sure. <laughs> exactly. So enjoy. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> sure, your um, back enjoys it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to like figure out how to sit. Like I've only been like, yeah, yeah. it was like the first minute of recording and just sitting. A lot of adjusting. I was like, wait, what's going on? So that's why I was like whacking the mic and we're good now. Everything's fine. Exactly. And uh, yeah, again, we want to thank you guys for listening to our TV weddings episode last week. We had a lot of people suggest we do a dark wedding episode. <laughs> like so many Gotta people. Gotta get some uh, red us, wedding going Yeah, on. so many people asked us about the red wedding. I guess you guys want blood. <laughs> Yikes. So maybe at the end of wedding season, we'll do like a dark weddings, like, when, like November-ish. Isn't that when they do like? And we can make it like end? a Halloween episode. Oh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, maybe October. Like a dark like weddings wedding. or dark events or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare so, weddings. Yeah. So for our anniversary, which just passed, which is why we did the weddings episode, we went out and did a little mini vacation. And this is the first time that I've been out in the elements. Like I've just the last year, I just quarantined so hard. I've been in like a bubble, you know? Yeah. So if you hear it in my voice, this is the first time I've had allergies since like 2019. <laughs> so, just we're like not used to the pollen. No, so exactly. It came so for you. It did. It's also really bad where we are right now. Yeah. Like the pollen. I mean, I think it just got washed away, but yeah, it's but. been a hard allergy season for sure. I, you exactly. can hear it in my voice too. Yeah. So for this week's episode, we, um, we kind of like threw ourselves for a loop. And so we found this uh, personality test online and we'll link it in the bio so you guys can check it out. And I'm sure we'll post it on social media, but it's like this massive like slider personality test where it gives you two options and you you know, slide between the two and it's 30 really something cool. answers. But it gives you like what fictional character you are from almost any universe you could think of. Like there was Scrubs, there was Marvel Universe, there was anything you could think of. Always Sunny. Yeah, exactly. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were like, let's just take this test and do a story over who we get as number one. And then, well, we, you could pick and match. So yeah. our rules were like, if you did had no idea what the franchise was or you never seen anything like we would just skip it and do like something that we knew so this week we're doing that <laughs> so we picked like a character we could relate to yeah and yeah then, well it's they picked it for us well the, yeah, the, yeah but out of the universe yes right. so like we picked the universe yeah so i'm a comic book guy i picked marvel universe and for some reason i got tony stark aka iron man so. i don't 
I see it. I don't either. But and I don't see I don't mine know. either. So, yeah, so, yeah. so why don't you tell the people what you got? So I got, I decided to go um, Frozen, Disney World, and Disney. Yeah. And uh, Elsa. Huh. And I know you've, you even said you're like, you're more of an Anna. <laughs> which like... <laughs> Yes, but then I like kind of researched it. And so funny enough, I also took um uh like a Myers Briggs personality yeah. test too called 16 personalities. It was a really yeah. fun test. We'll link that too. On top yeah. of it and we'll link that one as well. Yeah. Um and funny enough, Elsa and I do have the same And that's personality. That's the personality. same with Iron Man and myself. So it's and like weird. I don't, I don't you know, associate with him in the comics at all. So I don't know. Let's- right. Right. And I feel like I don't relate to Elsa at all in the movie yeah. either, but maybe that's also like, it's too much of ourselves. Maybe <laughs> and we like, Oh God, I don't yeah. like that. So, I don't know. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. So in the analysis portion, we're going to um, talk about it further. So why don't we do our little rocks, paper, scissors to see who's going to go first. And we'll Sounds check good. it out. All right. Ready to Paper, scissors, shoot. Wait, I just got like lost. <laughs> you still won, so <laughs> Heather just beat me with rock. <laughs> <laughs> and I really was like, what are we doing right now? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think I'll go first. Okay, cool. Let's take a quick break and we'll come right back with frozen one. Yeah. yeah. We're back. Let's get into Frozen. So yeah. We're going original Frozen. First Frozen, at least. Yes. Uh, came out in 2013. It's as old as our relationship. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I know. It's really weird. Uh, what a year. What I a know, great right? year. Uh, this movie was directed by Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee. It's starring Kristen Bell, Idina Manzel, Jonathan Groff, Josh Gad, Santino Fontana. Uh, music's by Christopher Beck. Christoph Beck. Oh, Christoph. Oh. There's a Christoph in the music. There's a, yeah, Christoph in the movie. Uh, Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez. Right, so, some bops. Some <laughs> bops because these songs like swept awards. Yeah. Uh, they won Academy Awards for Best Animated Movie that year and Best Original Song mm. for Let It Go. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. It was how everywhere. You, how do you fight that? And honestly, it's still everywhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. as a dance teacher, Let It Go will never die. Yep. <laughs> it also won two Grammys. Oh, did it? Yeah. So it's very well-rounded. And this was the highest grossing animated film, surpassing Toy Story 3. And it held that position until, you want to guess what movie? Highest uh, grossing animated film currently. Highest grossing animated film currently. I feel like I know this. You're going to be surprised. Is it? Um, it's also Disney. Okay, it's also Disney animated film. It's not like Big Hero Six, is it, or something no. stupid? Okay, and uh, I give up. I don't know. The new Lion King. Oh, really? Yeah. That's not animated, though. It, it yeah, it's CGI. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that counts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking like drawings or you know like cartoony. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's oh, what okay. I would picture as well. But oh, okay. I mean, technically, it is an animated yeah, movie. It's I see not... what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that was also surprising because that movie kind of sucks. <laughs> but Directed anyway, by Iron Man director John Favreau. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Lion yeah. King's also my favorite. Yeah. So the original. Okay. Let's get into the summary, and I'm sure most people know the. F- 
general gist of Frozen. I don't know. Maybe some of our audience might not. Yeah. No. Also, <laughs> I'll try to not get too crazy with it. So we have Princess Elsa of Arendelle, and she has magical powers where she can control and create ice and snow. And I'm sure you know that already. I hope so, at least, because that's <laughs> like, you know, pretty obvious. Anywho, Elsa has a younger sister, Anna, and she loves to play with her. So the movie starts out, they're, of course, younger. They're children. Yeah. And one time they're playing around with Elsa's ice powers and Elsa accidentally hurts Anna. <laughs> Could have been way worse. <laughs> Could have been way worse, for sure. Because kids, you know how kids play. They're a little wild. It's, it happens. The king and queen quickly rush the sisters to a colony of trolls where their leader, Grand Poppy, uh, heals Anna and also alters her memories so that she would know nothing about Elsa's magic. So she has no idea from this point forward. Yeah. Uh, that her sister has magical ice powers. Grand Poppy also warns that Elsa has to learn how to control her powers and that fear is going to be her greatest enemy. As a result of this incident, Elsa isolates herself from everyone, including Anna, and the queen and king shut the castle gates and they don't allow any citizens in. Anna can't understand why her sister, her buddy, won't play with her anymore, and this creates a rift between them. A.K. the song, Do You Wanna Build a Snowman? <laughs> Where they grow up, as, you know, you do during Disney movies. You have this little the song sequence. Grow up. <laughs> what? The five-second grow five up. The five-second grow yeah. up. Yep, that's what happens. So they grow up, and uh, unfortunately, during the song, we also see that the king and queen become lost at sea during a storm. So yeah, they're, they're gone the rest of the movie in typical Disney fashion. Why, why else would both parents be alive and well? <laughs> I heard a theory that they like someone said they shipwreck and eventually become Tarzan's parents, like in the Tarzan movie. Yeah, but Tarzan doesn't have parents in the Tarzan movie. Yeah, but the boat crashes. Right. So, so. they're saying, I think that like, yeah, they had a baby. Yeah. Tarzan's Elsa and Anna's brother. Yeah. Apparently you can also see the ship in Little Mermaid. Oh, really? That was like part of the theory, too. There's something with <laughs> Little Mermaid in there. Wow. Love little Disney theories. Yeah. So now we have Elsa is turning 21 and she's to be crowned the Queen of Arendelle. And she's terrified that Arendelle's citizens are going to find out about her powers and fear her. The day of her coronation, the castle gates are open to the public and they allow people to visit. So among the visitors, we meet the scheming Duke of Wesselton <laughs> and the charming Prince Hans of the Southern Isles. The latter of whom Anna quickly falls in love with. <laughs> And they have, you know, they have their great fallen in love song. And of course, at the end of their song where they're falling in love, Prince Hans decides to impulsively propose to Anna, you know, the day they meet. Not a red flag casual, or anything. Yeah, yeah casual. <laughs> Listen, if a guy proposes to you, like, within the hour of meeting you, like, yeah, he might be crazy. <laughs> he might be. <laughs> might be. But, you know, Anna's like, can I say something even crazier? Yes. <laughs> like, okay, girl. All right. So I don't know. Maybe I'm not Anna. Well, I'm not Anna. I guess that's the whole point is I think yeah. Anna's a freaking psychopath. <laughs> so <laughs> the couple go to Elsa for her blessing, but she's like, no, <laughs> like, are you stupid? It's like, uh, no. She's yeah. like, I don't bless this. No, <laughs> I object. <laughs> Anna's Anna's. Furious and protest and protests, which leads to an argument between the sisters. Anna continues to press her sister about the fear and isolation over the years. Like, you know, why have the castle gates been closed yeah. and all this blah blah blah? Because of ice. Yeah. Yes. 
So this causes Elsa to lose control and everybody sees that she has magical powers. And everybody's like, oh, you're a monster. And, you know, <laughs> Elsa's like, well, peace. And she dips <laughs> and she runs out of Arendelle in a panic and she goes to the northern mountain. Yeah, as you do. As you do. <laughs> but it kind of ends up being a good thing for her because she ends up feeling like she doesn't have to hide herself anymore. And then this is where the iconic Let It Go song yeah. happens. She embraces her powers and she builds herself a nice palace. While she's letting it go, though, her. The worst. <laughs> in my notes, I literally put. Oh, my God. Well, letting it go in, in, in a little parentheses. Um, her magic creates an eternal winter in Arendelle. Nice. Actually, I'd hate that. I hate snow. <laughs> Dude, same. If it was like, there's an internal winter, I'd be like, no, thank you. Sweet. <laughs> Anna sets out to go find Elsa to stop the winter, and she leaves behind Hans, who she puts in charge, her, you know, fiance now. She gets lost, and while she's getting supplies at the Wandering Oaken's shop, she meets a nice man named Kristoff and his reindeer buddy Sven. She needs help navigating the mountains, so she convinces him to take her through the mountains and all this fun stuff. There's a wolf attack. You know, it's <laughs> it gets a little crazy. Uh, Anna's horse gets away from her, and he returns back to Arendelle without her, and that's when Hans is like, I have to go find the sisters I've, and whatnot. And he's accompanied by the Duke's minions who have secret orders to kill Elsa. So, yikes. Wow. Meanwhile, Anna is able to find Elsa and reveals to her that there's an eternal winter that she set off. So, you know, <laughs> she's Elsa's like, not uh, pleased with herself. She's like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's more like horrified. She's yeah, just like, oh, no. And she confesses that she doesn't know how to undo it. So her fear causes her powers to manifest themselves once more. And, you know, she accidentally freezes Anna's heart. So it's not good. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> and, you know, they're having a little argument and stuff like that. And Elsa then creates a giant snow monster named Marshmallow. <laughs> I kind of like the snow monster. I kind of love Marshmallow. <laughs> and he chases Anna and Kristoff away. And realizing the effects that Anna's or Elsa's spell had on Anna. So, you know, like, you know, the whole heart freezing thing. Yeah, you know, didn't yeah. sit well. Didn't, didn't sit well. Yeah. Kristoff's like, well, I know where I could take you and like, I'm going to go help you. And he takes her to his trolls, which is like his adopted family, basically. And it's I forgot the same about trolls these trolls. The yeah, I forgot about these trolls right? entirely until you were watching it the other day. And I was like, oh, shit, there's trolls in this. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with Justin Timberlake trolls. Yeah. <laughs> we should cover that one day. That's another bop. Anyway, Grand Poppy reveals that Anna, you know, ground grandpappy from the beginning with his yeah. magic wisdom reveals that Anna will freeze solid unless an act of true love reverses the spell. Oh shit. Put on the berry white. <laughs> <laughs> so hearing this, Kristoff races Anna back home so that Hans can give her true love's kiss. <laughs> so at this point in time, meanwhile, while this is all kind of going down, Hans and his men reach Elsa's palace they defeat Marshmallow and capture Elsa. So Hans rolls on back to Arendelle, uh, you know, around the same time that Anna's getting back. And Anna's delivered to Hans, but rather than kissing her, plot twist, 
Hans reveals that he's actually been plotting to seize the throne of Arendelle all along and kill both sisters. <laughs> so he's like, this works out for me. Yeah, it's because he was wearing gloves. Do you see that too? Like all Disney villains wear gloves. Ooh, I didn't notice yeah, that. Look at that. I have to keep Except for, I guess, Scar, who always has his claws out. Oh. Yeah. Just cracked an egg of knowledge over your head. <laughs> anyway. I'm going to have to go back and look for gloves now. Yeah, dude. Like Gaston. Oh, uh, yeah. There's, there's everybody. <laughs> name one other Disney Maybe villain. not Hades. I don't know. Hades okay, doesn't have Hades, gloves. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you named another one. I'm it was proud. close. <laughs> I'm proud. Okay. You know any other villains? Ursula. Okay. Um, Maleficent. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's... uh. Uh, Dr. Felicia, my boy. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's he, my bop. I'm pretty sure he wears gloves. He probably has gloves. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going <laughs> to research that. It's like a BuzzFeed thing, so I don't know how true <laughs> I just remember. I got to say, though, as an adult, I probably should have seen it coming, but I was shocked that Hans was bad. Like, that happened, and I was like... Really? I saw it in, like, five seconds. I was I'm, like, this guy's a dick. <laughs> I should have, but I was like, what? Yeah. You're going to just let her die? <laughs> My favorite is kids being like real upset about Hans. Oh, yeah. I've had some kids go in on Hans. <laughs> it's like kids seeing like Darth Vader as Luke Skywalker's dad the first time. I like, like, oh, you idiots didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Hans locks Anna in a room to die, which is so harsh. Yeah, rough. And then he manipulates everybody into believing that Elsa killed her. So not good, but not before they were married. Of course he's like, Oh yeah, no, Anna and I got married and Elsa killed her. So I'm King now. So, okay, dude, he orders Elsa's execution only to discover that she's escaped her little cell. And Anna is meanwhile freed by Olaf. Oh, I don't really, I can't even believe I went this whole time and I didn't mention Olaf. What? <laughs> so Olaf is a little snowman that Elsa has created that was also like a childhood friend. And then like he came back to life like yeah, during her It's like the typical nature winter. buddy yeah. in Disney. He's a little sidekick. Yeah. Know, there's always a little sidekick with yeah. the princesses. So uh, Olaf is her childhood talking snowman companion. That's a great way to describe it. I love it. <laughs> so they venture into the eternal winter blizzard outside to meet Kristoff, who Olaf also reveals is in love with her. What? No <laughs> figure. So they're like, oh, I got to get to Kristoff now and get this true love's kiss. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hans is confronting Elsa outside, claiming that she killed Anna, causing Elsa to break down and the storm stops. Anna spots Hans about to kill Elsa and she leaps in the way and she ends up freezing solid at this moment, but it stops Hans. Devastated that her sister is frozen solid at like her own hands, yeah. Elsa hugs and mourns over her sister who thaws out because her act of trying to save Elsa was an act of true love, yeah. which broke the curse spell. Realizing that love is the key to controlling her magic, Elsa ends the winter. Hans is arrested. Like, bye, dude. You're a liar <laughs> and you suck. And he's exiled from the kingdom for his treason and attempted assassination. <laughs> oh. Huh. And then meanwhile, the Duke, because remember, the Duke was also trying to, like, yeah. you know, finagle things. Uh, his trade links with Arendelle are cut off. So, you know, well, bye, dude. Well. <laughs> 
uh, Anna gives Kristoff a new sled because, you know, it ended up dying during the wolf attack mentioned earlier. Yeah. Then the two kiss. <laughs> the aforementioned wolf attack. The, the aforementioned wolf attack. <laughs> the sisters are reunited and Elsa promises to never lock the castle gates again. And... Happy uh, ending. And. Yay! <laughs> Until Frozen 2. Woo! That's a whole other thing. <laughs> That's a whole other ballpark. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Why don't we come back and we'll talk about Iron Man Volume 4. Nice. All right. We're back. I will be telling you guys about Iron Man Volume 4, Issues 1 through 6. Okay. It's called the Extremis storyline. So in the Marvel cinematic universe yeah. uh is this story like relayed at all it's in any of the mostly movies mostly dissected into um so his origin is what you see in uh, iron man one that's yeah. like basically from this book and then the majority of this book is the plot line for iron man three but they changed a lot of stuff in the movie okay but it's the same gotcha. basic idea and also, the uh, main art style for the cinematic Iron Man comes from this artist who is, like, one of the first artists to really depict Iron Man as, like, a suit of armor instead of, like, usually they just draw, like, a muscle man and color it in orange and red. You know, mm. like, this is the first person who, like, I think really made it look like a shell with, like, gears and... So, like, like similar to the, the movie style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly like that. So, gotcha. And plus, um, it's, like, one of my favorite artists, painters in comic books. His name is Adi Granov. He's Who else a, does he do? Or what else does he do? Um, he mostly does covers from what I like. Like he does really, I like his work drawing Winter Soldier. Like he does a really cool mm-hmm. Winter Soldier and he's done some X-Men work and stuff like that. Kind of like um, an Alex Ross who they're mostly known for like covers and stuff. Yeah. Like really cool posters, I guess. But uh, it was written by Warren Ellis and uh, it was first released in January, 2005. And it um, went on and off until 2006. So, Definitely before the Iron Man movies, so there's no... Not by so, much, though. I'm, like, shocked, actually. But, like, it's not Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man, so, like, that's right. why it's weird. So, I gotta preface this by saying, <laughs> as, like, a comic book fan, Iron Man was, like, so boring before he was a movie character. Mm. Like, this was the first real story since, like, the 80s that Iron Man kind of had, like, a breakout moment in comic books, because between... You know, the mid 80s and the mid 2000s, he really didn't do much besides like have a mustache and a mullet. You right. Know? Like, and honestly, I think Robert Downey Jr. made it, Iron Man who exactly. he is. Like, it if, if so it was anybody else, I don't it. think anybody would care. Well, it was supposed to be Tom Cruise. At one point, so they were looking weird. for it. So if you look at the art in this book, a lot of it is like Tom Cruise. Kind of Tom Cruise. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. But yeah, it's, it's so strange. So it's, it's funny to read this older stuff because. So much of this ended up in the movies, so I read it as Robert Downey Jr. Right. And it does make it better, because, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Without him, Iron Man is kind of lame. Did so. you read this back in 2005, 2006? I knew of it, but I didn't pick it up because I didn't like Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, did you like it better this time because of... Yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah. that's good. So let's crack into it. <laughs> So, like I said, this is a reimagining of Tony Stark's origin, and it takes place early in his crime fighting career. So it's essentially like a reboot of the whole character. Okay. Um, it's like a year one type deal. Gotcha. So he's been Iron Man for a little while, but the public doesn't know he's Iron Man. They think it's like a bodyguard in the suit. So he's trying to keep it secret that he's the guy in the suit. Okay. Gotcha. Um, 
basically the same deal with the story. His weapons are being used to like double deal to terrorists, you know, in the Middle East. And he's not cool with it. One day he's over there checking on stuff. He gets blown up by his own landmine. He gets shrapnel in his chest. Same basic idea. Okay. Yeah. yeah I was he's like, okay, the, sounds familiar. He's in the cave. He's got his buddy Jensen. They build the Iron Man suit to get him out. So okay. most of what you see in the movie is from this story. Okay. Generally. Like all that stuff lines up. So the story arc begins with uh, this dude named Dr. Um, Aldrich Killian, who is the main villain of the third movie. But in this one, he's just a guy who's only in like two panels. Oh, (laughs) they made him a bigger character, huh? Yeah, exactly. So he's writing essentially a suicide note about a serum that he created called the Extremis being leaked to a third party on the black market. And he's confessing that he leaked it to the black market and then shoots himself. Oh, so two panels. That was it. Yep. Uh, He's found by his fellow uh, fellow doctor, Maya Hansen, and uh, she's a really old friend of Tony Stark. Like in Iron Man 3, it's the same character in that movie. Um, So the story starts uh, in Texas again, I guess. And uh, these three men roll up into an abandoned warehouse and two of them inject this like black liquid into the back of the third guy's neck. And this dude's name Malin. Yeah. So it seemingly kills him after some really painful side effects. And uh, the dudes just like leave him there and dip. <laughs> They're like, damn, that's oh, some it didn't work. We cold did. shit. So Tony is, on the other hand, burning the candle at both ends. He's like in his garage, just building basically better Iron Man suits, but he doesn't let anybody know about it. So he, everybody thinks he's just reclusive and like being standoffish and not being a good um, like CEO or head of his company. Uh, he does have an assistant, but it isn't Pepper in this, so that was kind of weird. <laughs> Is Pepper in this? No, she's not. Oh, I don't like that. I know, it's weird. That's weird. So <laughs> his assistant's telling him that he has this interview with this documentary dude that he can't get out of. So he goes to this interview, and the journalist is starting to do a hit piece on him, like after giving him a few softball questions mm-hmm. about how, you know, he's dealt weapons in the past, he's, you know... A bad guy and whatever and tony's basically really regretful that all of his world changing humanitarian stuff is um just overshadowed by this past like he's doing so many good things to mm-hmm. whatever and there's a fun parallel in the first iron man movie when he's first talking to the rep- like this reporter in the beginning that he eventually like you know has some sexy time with but it's basically <laughs> the same gist of like he's just trying to do this interview and they're bringing up all these bad things um so this totally deflates Tony afterwards because he just got like dragged through the mud basically by this guy. Yeah, it's not a good feeling. Yeah, so he takes the Iron Man suit and goes for a joyride, <laughs> at which point... As you should, I guess. Exactly. If it, you had it. And then, uh, so he gets a call from this girl, Maya, whom he made a pact with in the past that they would always help each other if the other person called. So they have like a kinship, you know, with like... Yeah. They're science bros. Science bros. Meanwhile, this dude Malin, who got the stuff injected in him, is still lying in the warehouse, but now he's covered in like this black cocoon. Ew. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know, like black goo, black cocoon. Like it's just like uncomfortable. It looks like oil. Yeah. So the two men come back to find him awake and recovered after this. So it's like his super hero villain. I was gonna say super villain origin story. So he broke out of the cocoon. (laughs) He's got got all these powers. Um, so the place where Maya and the dead Dr. Killian, you know, uh, worked was this place called uh, future farm. And that's the lab where they created the extremist serum virus, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, 
So she called Tony there to be like, hey, this thing got stolen and my partner's dead now. And can you help us? And he's like, OK. Uh. <laughs> so um, he uses uh, this is Tony uses like this new prototype phone, which is hilariously dated to look at in this comic book. Oh, my he's God. He's like, this is my new phone. It could access satellites. And, and it's stuff. like a flip phone. Yeah, it's like the iconic like Blackberry looking phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> So um, he's like stealing all their computers, hard drives and stuff. And I guess he can't do it himself right then and there. So he sends it to a guy to like, here, extract this hard drive, whatever. And in the meantime, he takes Maya to go see this other guy. Uh, he's like an old friend, teacher, mentor type dude named Sal Kennedy. to like basically check in with him. It feels like, you know, when you have like a cool professor and it's like you could always go to them. Yeah, it's like your mentor. Like yeah. you're always just able to Yeah, like check you don't in. Outright say that, but that's the gist I got. So, they're checking in um with this dude and he's like this old kind of hippie guy. He looks like Jerry Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> and uh So, he's basically like giving them bullshit for like not living up to their potentials as scientists and as engineers and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he's saying Tony um like he's just disappointed with all his military work and he never lived up to his potential and that, uh, you know, he can't think outside of the box and that's why he'll always be like a, not, he's not like mean about it. He's just kind of too straightforward about it. Yeah. A little too brutally honest. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, he, meanwhile, he has no idea that this dude, Tony Stark just created the Iron Man suit and it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> or meanwhile. that she just created like super people. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Meanwhile, the three men from beginning at the warehouse that are like jacked up that guy with the goo. <laughs> they arrive at jacked the, up that guy with the goo. What? That's what happens. So <laughs> they end up at the F, like this FBI field office, and the guy Malin with his newfound power goes on like a rampage, and he's killing and burning most of the people there. Like he could spit fire now. Oh, so, wow. No bueno. And Tony and Maya see this on the news where they're at. And they're like, like, uh-oh. Oh, shit. She's immediately like, oh, fuck. I know what happened. This guy got <laughs> jacked up with the goo. <laughs> jacked by the goo. Yep. So they uh, quickly, like, uh, you know, they have to go fix this. So Maya and Tony take a jet. And they're flying back to Texas. And Maya tells Tony that Extremis is this military nanotech serum that was another attempt to create the Captain America super soldier serum. So they got to stop trying to do that shit. For some it reason, never this works is out. really making me think of um, the Winter Soldier, or not Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yeah. Yeah, like it just never works out. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, like, I'm terrorists just, who, like, yeah, I don't know why. And, I'm just like, I guess there's a similar vibe. I guess maybe, yeah, maybe they took some stuff for this because it, you know, this didn't exactly go into the Iron Man 3 story, but there are right. similar, like, fire people. Yeah, and yeah. That kind of dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> um. So this new formula interfaces with your brain's repair center and it directs your body to rebuild itself. So if you got like your arm cut off, your you would like grow it back like real quick. Like yeah. a healing factor. Okay, type well thing. that's that's exciting. <laughs> it would be pretty cool. Like <laughs> Right. That's a great power. I know. Um so Tony gets a call from the hard drive guy who finally like cracked it. He says that uh, Killian gave the extremist virus to local terrorists. Shocking. Oh, good. <laughs> Realizing the threat. Tony drops off Maya back at the future farm place and is like, I know a guy who could help. <laughs> I know somebody. Yeah. And his name's Iron Man. Real cash. So Iron Man tracks down the terrorist van um, because they're like the dude is like full of heat. So he could tell that he's in the van. You know, mm. the fire and stuff. So smart. 
so he tries to attack them, but this dude Malin just messes him up. Like there's no match. Oh. Like he's got fire powers and he can't like hurt him or anything. So he immediately overpowers Iron Man and um drops a car on him. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, eventually the police show up and like, and, you know, this guy flees, not because he couldn't do whatever. He was just like, I got to get out of here. Let me do He's something. He's like, ah, no, I'm bored. with this. Yeah. So Tony got his ass beat so hard and he's under this car and they finally get the car off of him. And he's like knocking on death's door at this point, even Uh-oh. though he's in the Iron Man armor. Like, it's very basic. Like I said, he's only like year one in. So it's yeah. not like amazing armor. So um, he calls Maya and he's like, hey, could you like get Iron Man <laughs> and take him to you? <laughs> so, <laughs> no relation or anything. So <laughs> they fly Iron Man to the future farm, which is where she works again in private. And uh, when nobody's around, he like takes off the mask. He's like, yo, it's me. <laughs> She's like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Face reveal. Going to clue me in. So she's like, dude, you're going to die. But like, I got like a side of extremis. Do you want it? And Tony's like, yeah, give me that shit. Oh, so <laughs> the only way for him to heal is to like inject this like super goo. So um, at this point, while they're prepping Tony, uh, he realizes that this dude's going to Washington, D.C. And he's like, oh, I know where you're going now. Once I get better, I'll mm. kill you. So sidebar, there's a little bit of backstory on this dude. He's not a super fleshed out character, but basically he's like this white nationalist terrorist who's like Ew. super into like not cool stuff. Uh, his par- I mean, say no more. You said white nationalist. Yeah, so That's he, all I need to know to know that he sucks. Exactly. So. so he's like not for like the police or the ATF or anything because they killed his parents when he was a kid because his parents, his dad did like a bad drug uh, gun deal. And like killed a guy. So they just raided his house. So that's his deal. And he's basically like, he wants to go back to the good old days, you know, where there was, you know, like leave it to beaver shit where like (laughs) there was no integration or anything like that. He just sucks as a, as a human being. He's a Nazi basically. Yeah. Yeah, well, (laughs) Just say it. He's a Nazi. So Tony figures this out and Maya gives him a lower dose of the serum so that it won't like, totally fuck him up um because he's really like about to die so they don't know how hard it would affect him right so unbeknownst to maya tony had also altered the structure of the extremist dose by like removing some of like the safety features of his mind on it like he reversed genetically engineered because it's tony stark and uh he made it integrate into like this nanotech metal so not only does it give him extremist powers, but it also makes him like control this metal that was integrated into the formula. Interesting. So now in his body, there's like uh, metals that he controls that are like these transmitters that form the undercarriage of his Iron Man armor at will. Science. So he could like it's uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> that's where I was like a little far fetched. I was like, what the fuck? So <laughs> that's so far from the movies, too. Yeah. I feel like so like he can imagine the armor coming out of his skin, like just the under part. But he still has mm-hmm. to put on like the big pieces. But like he could call the pieces to him now because he's huh. totally integrated in the technology like he could. He is Iron Man. Exactly. He could like hack into phones and satellites and all that shit. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Okay. So if you wanted a visualization, you know how his armor and the last two Avengers movies, he just taps his chest and it just like. Right. That's what it's like. OK. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> just kind of cool, but like at the same time, I always pictured him as more of like an inventor. So I, I yeah. think it's cooler when he like makes 
them all makes different. the uh costume or suits yeah i guess <laughs> so there's that um so now that he's got like this internal gold under portion or whatever he can integrate himself like i said with all the armor and all the devices so like he could find this dude malin in no time which is what he does and he rolls up on him in washington and uh they start to fight but now he's like way the physical superior he could kick his ass and he's mm-hmm. got all this he's got access to all this technology so he could just bomb him from space if he wanted to um and so it, it's it's like not really an even fight but somehow iron man gets pinned down and so the only thing he could do is use the chest laser to like blast a hole through him mm-hmm. so he like blasts a hole through malin but that still doesn't kill him because he could heal rapidly so iron man like mushes his head he like has his Ooh. hands up and he like fires two beams and like mushes his head off oh okay <laughs> so is it black goo now it's blood but like oh. he ain't coming back oh, yeah. <laughs> so iron man's pissed off that he had to kill this dude and he's like <laughs> kicks him and he's like damn you for making me do this <laughs> just like, just i like, all i all i picture is robert down dude just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like dick <laughs> Uh, so at this point, Iron Man is like, there's one more thing I got to do and I don't want to do it. He goes back and confronts Maya at the future farm because he deduced that the only way that she got him into the, um, the chamber to introduce like the extremis into his body needed two keys, one from her and one from the dead Dr. Killian. So he figured out that she was the other person who helped get rid of the original dose to make this guy. Oh. Yeah. So uh, her justification is by saying about the atomic bomb, it had to be used once in anger so that it would never be used in anger again. That's why she let it go. Oh. She then declares that Tony is no better than she is. And Iron Man was like, no, but you know, I'll be able to look at myself in the mirror tomorrow. That end. Wow. Yeah. So that was like a quintessentially like the modern day classic Iron Man story to which everything blossomed out of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Let's take a minute and we'll talk about them. Absolutely. All right. And we're back. (laughs) That was a little dark at the end, but. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know anything about Iron Man besides the movies, so and honest, it's interesting. This was like the rebirth, so if you ever wanted to go back and read, like there are other good things in Iron Man before this, but if you wanted like the modern day right. lineage, now, you would start there. Uh, remind me, does Infinity War take place after? After this? Yeah. All the movies do. No, no, I mean in the comic books. Oh, oh, no, that was like the early or 90s. Or it's Infinity Gauntlet, right? Yeah, Infinity Gauntlet was like the early 90s. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was before this Iron Man. Yep. Interesting. Yep. And no other Iron Man had like extremist costume. I don't costume. even <laughs> really remember Iron Man because that's like the really only comic I've ever read, right? <laughs> it was Infinity one. Gauntlet I read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember Iron Man being in it. He was like forgettable. Well, that's the thing. Like Robert Downey Jr. made it so unforgettable. Yeah, it was such uh, I mean, before that movie, it was really a gamble on Iron Man because nobody knew. Mm, I know. I'm surprised that that's the you one know? they like, like kicked their whole thing off. With. Yeah. Like if you look at comic sales around that time, like Daredevil was blowing Iron Man out mm. of the water and, you know, Ben Affleck didn't really. Yeah, he didn't help out too much with, with that. that one. 
<laughs> so, so you never know. That's the great thing about com- like Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Like who would have thought? I guess it all comes down to the actor. Yeah. You know, you got to get the right person for the job, actor, exactly. actress, you know? Yeah. And I guess, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is iconic in yeah. Iron Man. So <laughs> now speaking of that, yes. um, so you got Iron yeah. Man, right? Like, and- <laughs> I don't know how. I've never built anything mechanical in my life. <laughs> so I think, you know, we think of Iron Man and the first thing you think of is like Playboy philanthropist, <laughs> right? Like. Yeah, whatever he calls himself, <laughs> a billionaire, which yes, also a not playboy true. <laughs> philanthropist, billionaire. So yeah. like, that's not you at all. Like I any was, of that. If I had to pick any of the Marvel universe like movie ones, I would say like a slightly smarter Star Lord. <laughs> like <laughs> that same energy. Like I, I keep it together on the show, but like I'm a full on golden retriever outside of the show. <laughs> <laughs> that might be why Star Lord is my favorite too. I don't, so nice. I mean. But, <laughs> But if you go beyond, I think, the, like, surface level thing, yeah. that's, I think, where you get into more of, like, I'm thinking back to Myers-Briggs. Now, I yeah. don't know Myers-Briggs super well. Like, I don't understand like the standard, all the lingo. Right? It is, like, the standard in personality uh, tests, I would say. Yeah. I, I There's, like, a whole lingo behind it, though, where it's, like, F-E, <laughs> F-I, and I'm, like, I don't know what any of this is. Um. <laughs> I was kind of trying to research it because there's this huge argument going back and forth of what Elsa is. I was like, we're talking about a fictional character, people. Like, <laughs> fictional let's, characters. Fictional characters. Like, <laughs> let's take a seat for a second. Yeah. But I guess there's like this whole thing behind if she's an INTJ versus an <laughs> INFJ. And like, you know, obviously the, the T and the F are the <laughs> opposition here. Now, apparently I am an INFJ. <laughs> Right? Did my I do BFF that? Jill? Yeah, my BFF Jill. It's like all the same to me. Yeah, I know. Uh, so anywho, I guess people, that's the INFJ is a very rare personality type. Like only yeah. 2% of the people in the world have it. And I guess that's oh me because I'm just so rare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Celebrity over here. <laughs> no, so with that being said, I think that's also why people were like struggling to categorize yeah, They know Elsa. about the FJ. What? So they didn't know about the FJ. They didn't they got, know about yeah. it. They didn't get it. <laughs> so in terms of the way I guess I'm like Elsa, they point out that Elsa, not that she's secluded, but she's very, she's not necessarily warm and friendly. And I think sometimes my personality, I can come off a little, I don't want to say standoffish, but like, yeah. I guess I could have a sort of resting bitch face. <laughs> That's okay. I do too. With like people I don't know. Like it's yeah. not that I put on like, it's not that I'm shy or that I put on like a hard exterior and it's not like I'm mean. Yeah. But I'm just like hesitant mm. and maybe for Elsa words, I'm co- like cold in a way. I don't think so. I don't think I'm cold, but uh. I'm not like super. And like with that being said, I'm super polite. If I meet somebody, I'm like, oh my God, hey, how are yeah. you? Like, so nice to meet you. I'm d- it's polite. And Elsa's always polite, too. It's not that she's ever rude. Yeah. But there's just, she doesn't let her real self come out unless she's with people. Yeah. Unless she's with people that she trusts or knows. Yeah, like, yeah. with Anna, you see her get goofy and you see her, like, lighten up a little bit. Yeah. And this movie's hard because this is, like, her kind of, coming of age story in a sense too Mm -hmm. where she's like finding herself out figuring out how she feels and how she fits into things how her powers fit into things so i guess in some sense i can see myself 
in Elsa. And, and it took a kind of honestly researching the whole like INTJ, yeah, INFJ. Like, like I was like, why am I like Elsa? And it really had me thinking about it. And I kind of had to like dive into other people's opinions yeah. about this character. It to, could be like, like a self-fulfilling prophecy though, too, when you like see something in there. Yeah. I mean, it could be a little bit of that Iron too. Man. I was like, okay, well, I guess he like, if he's like in the garage, like hyper focusing on what he's doing, like that is me. Yeah, that is you. Yeah. Or like, um, I don't know, just figuring out kind of like weird mysteries, like the thing with Maya and stuff like that I connected with because I'm always quick to pick up when like someone's disingenuine or I don't know. I think with these characters, you have to like. It's so hard because you see them put in these certain situations in these scenarios that are unrealistic in real life. Yeah. Like we're not gonna have like <laughs> I don't know the British just made and, like jetpacks. No, you? but I mean for us specifically, <laughs> like I'm not gonna shoot ice beams out my hands, you know, like yeah. And you're not gonna get into <laughs> some Iron Man suit and fly around. You don't know that for sure. I mean, maybe maybe in ten years, I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when you were a little kid, you didn't know you'd have like the the entire internet in your hand. No, wait, I was literally like your phone could is like a hundred times the technology that put a man on the moon. <laughs> so <laughs> it's hilarious that thought just came up the other day. Yeah. My kids were talking about uh, math and yeah. like saying you know when am i going to use math in real life and i looked at them and i go do your teachers still tell you that you're not going to have a calculator in real life because <laughs> growing up that's all yeah. you heard you're going to need to know this because you're not going to carry a calculator around in your pocket except guess what you have a calculator i carry a calculator around in my pocket it's on your wrist right now it's on my wrist yeah i got one on my wrist and i could also order you a pizza if you want it's true so you never know man so i wonder what we're saying now that like holograms that's gonna be the next yeah thing. yeah so weird totally gonna have star uh, wars holograms in the next five years technology freaks me out not iron man he got it put into his friggin' bones <laughs> which is like also the metaphor of like i am iron man like it's technology runs deep with him you know yeah wow <laughs> he can't take off the suit anymore <laughs> so iron man's ideals do you like agree with them like uh yeah, so, I mean, obviously he's anti this dude who's like KKK America. <laughs> so, so right there. So he's very, you know, he sees the potential in humanitarianism, truth, honor, decency, all that stuff. And uh, the dude Malin isn't. He's more stuck in the past or reverse advancements in so, uh, society. Whereas Iron mm. Man is like, embrace technology, embrace the future. You know, he had to learn that, especially through this story and through his talk with his mentor to like be a little bit more of a futurist. So. Right. I think I like to think of the future like we were just saying we're gonna have holograms or jetpacks totally gonna have it <laughs> how about yeah. you uh yeah I mean Elsa's ideals like <laughs> so the one thing that really comes to mind is how uh jingly our cat is <laughs> yes she attacking and the new chair she was just trying to go for the chair no. that's why I just looked at you with like horror in the my new eyes chair has already been ruined okay Okay, I think I've recovered. <laughs> so, Elsa's ideals. Back to that. Yes. Uh, so, I specifically think of how Anna and Hans came to her and were like, we want to get married. And she's like, no. Uh -uh. <laughs> she's just a very, like, down-to-earth, like, honest, genuine person. Like, she, there's no bullshit with her. Like, she was like, um, 
no, you're not getting married. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> I'll freeze your ass. <laughs> right? So she also just gives off, like, leader vibes where she is always going to stand up for her citizens and stand up yeah, for she really grows into her it. family. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it takes some time. Like, a lot of it in the beginning is her fear is holding her back. Yeah. From being who she wants to be. And I think some of that fear also comes from, like, childhood trauma of, like, unintentionally hurting her sister. Yeah. Like, do you think the ice is, like, a metaphor for discomfort, you know? Because she's... Yeah. I don't know. Like, it inconveniences people and freezes them. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, at the end, we find out that love is how she can handle her power. So, I think kind of the opposite of love being like either you know fear or hatred like negative emotions is what kind of you know yeah is what kind of fuels her power ultimately and brings her down so yeah she needs the like positives to bring her back up yeah okay and uh i guess that goes into like her relationships with all the other characters in the story and I just had a quick note about how, despite Tony being flighty with a lot of people, he still has old friends, which is something we both value as well. So I guess mm-hmm. that's something we have yeah. in common with our people. Like, uh, despite not seeing Maya in like forever, the second she calls, he's like, all right, I'll be there. We made a pact. Let's go. Yeah. Like, so. no matter what, no matter how much time or whatnot passed, like he was still there for yeah, his Yeah. Like, that's, that's, I think, a trait that like I would share with Iron Man. Absolutely. I was definitely going to say, and, and that's. You in general, too. I feel like you would be there if a friend called. I wish I could be more, but like with the pandemic, but even pre-pandemic, I don't know. I got to I got to be better with that when the world opens up. Even when the pandemic was going on, though, like if a friend needed you, you've been there. Yeah. So and I think all your friends will attest to that. Yeah. (laughs) You've been there for me. Yeah. So how do you think? So on the opposite side, like compassion towards the villains in here, like I don't think your villain I mean, either one of ours, like, either deserves nor gets any compassion, but, like, maybe understanding a little, like, how easily they could have infiltrated the kingdom and whatever, you know, like. And I think Elsa realized, like, how, and I mean, it was, like, life and death in both of our situations, you know, like, and she thought her sister was dead, which is horrifying to her and the audience, you know. (laughs) The little children. (laughs) (laughs) But no, you got to look inward sometimes. Like, how did the villain get so far, you know? (laughs) Like, how did I let it get this far? And I think what makes like a, and this is going almost back to our Heroes and Villains episode a million years ago. Uh, I think sometimes, too, like a true hero has to have some sort of compassion to their villains. Because, like, if you don't have that compassion, then, like, what separates you from being the villain? Yeah. And I think in our situations with, Iron Man and Elsa, like they are genuinely good people. Yeah. And genuinely good heroes. Plus, I think too, like Iron Man and Malin are very close, but not the same. Like in terms of they both have this power, they both have like a very real, you know, feeling of what war means and taking a life and all this other stuff. But one person is trying to like bomb the country back to the stone age with it. And the other person's trying to go into the future. And I think that's where, you yeah. know, we were just having that conversation where a lot of movies, the yeah. villain is just like the opposite. It's the of, same guy. It's the same person, <laughs> just, just evil, opposite. Yeah. Like, Which, you know, I still love it, but you know, like 
the Winter Soldier is bad Captain America and Killmonger yeah. is bad Black Panther and like it's You're the right. same the same abilities I should say. Right, they're like on the same level yeah. more or less. Which is why Iron Man 3 doesn't get a lot of love cuz it's like Iron Man versus a fire dude. And like in the the comic it makes a little more sense, but in the movie it's just like, oh, I'm fire. <laughs> fire bad. Yeah. <laughs> so on the flip side, what about like mentors and close friends of Iron Man? Did they uh So, I actually had a pretty interesting take and I don't know if this was the writer's um intention. And also, I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but it's actually a fascinating um piece of trivia. So, Warren Ellis and Adi Granov, the writer and illustrator of this, purposely kept had no knowledge of Iron Man prior to writing this. They didn't read any of the other books. They wanted to have such a fresh take that they wanted nothing like no. That's really interesting, actually. And like, it's crazy that this is like the launching point of all Iron Man. (laughs) Kind of a middle finger to all the people who wrote Iron Man before that. But uh, yeah, they wanted to come in with like an all new, all different, whatever. So for all we know, they could have thought Iron Man's suit came out of his bones. Who knows? I guess so. (laughs) Wow. So it's funny how they got these three portions of the story. And I think Jensen, his, you know, buddy who helped him make the Iron Man suit, unfortunately died in the escape, is the heart of Iron Man, which is also a symbol because he's the one who helps him build the artificial heart, keep him alive. And it's also his moral center to do the right thing. Oh, wait, I love that. That's really cool. (laughs) I think Kennedy, the hippie doctor, whatever guy, is his ideals, uh, which is... um, you know, it's meant to guilt him into not living up to his potential. So that's a, a part of uh, like a humanitarian idea of I could do more with my time. And I think Maya is his relationships are like the soul of Iron Man, which is an old friend who needs no explanation for help, but ultimately needs to be brought to justice. So that's a sacrifice Tony has to make to his heart and ideals is to sort of give up a piece of his soul to be this Iron Man. Oh, so I wow. think it's a selfless way to bring those three together and i think everybody really has those three guiding factors i mean some of those things were on the test Mm. like heart soul and ideals like you know all three are different but they co-mingle and sometimes you need 80 percent of this and whatever percent of that and gotta do the slider (laughs) exactly like we were doing so it's 80 percent. so it's definitely variable but um i think that's how they got across those three things and i think that's how maybe i matched up with Iron Man a little bit you know you have a little bit more heart a little bit more ideals at the expense of like your job like when you go to work you give up your soul and like you do these other two things and (laughs) (laughs) anything like that I got you you gotta like give a little get a little take a little that's my all that that fun stuff how about you uh wow (laughs) I don't think I can really um I did not research it that thoroughly Like, you just put a lot of thought into that. So, you know me, that came to me in like five seconds. I was like, la 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 la. la." And I just went, um, maybe that's why I'm Iron Man. I mean, that's how he figured out time travel. Honestly, that was a very Iron Man moment. (laughs) So, shit. And meanwhile, I'm just going to go sit in my ice castle and, uh, be alone for a little bit, which is also, okay. So I guess also that's why I'm Elsa. Like I value my alone time. Exactly. Your ice castle is your phone. It is. Oh no. But it's true. That's your snow ogre. Yes. Laying on your lap. I can't like. Kitty, you're my marshmallow. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I value my alone time. Like, I much mm. rather be chilling by myself a lot of the times. So, I guess that's also why I have a little Elsa and me going on. But when they get you out, you're like life of the party. Like, Elsa, oh, Elsa. yeah. And I'm the life. So, you know, Elsa does her little ice tricks and she's the life of the party. So, it's exactly. <laughs> that's me. Exactly. Uh, but in terms of like close friends and mentors, I mean, her, she obviously valued her parents and that, you know. Yeah. Things definitely went downhill when they didn't come back from, yeah. Yeah. That is traumatic. And, you know, her, she unintentionally hurt her sister and then she didn't want to see her sister ever again. Mm. But she didn't want to hurt her. Yeah. It was like she loved her at that point. Yeah. And then she's just kind of like a locked in this room, fearing herself and her powers. Like, that's hard. Yeah, she needed Professor X and shit. Seriously, wait, I actually saw somebody said that was like she really needed Professor X was like one of the comments really? for Elsa. Yeah, I swear to God, that's really funny you said that. Nice. It's this true. That's what she needed. Ago. Yeah, right. She needed just like somebody that was going to be like, it's OK that you're different and have powers yeah. and let's teach you how to use them. Exactly. But, so she, her really only mentor was like herself growing up and. Yeah. Once she found herself and was able to grow into herself, mm. then she was able to kind of gain some close friends. And then we see in the second movie, yeah, she has like, two, yeah. right. I, I think guidance. if you dive more into it at that point, then she's really close with Anna. She's really close with Kristoff mm. and Sven and Olaf. And she's got her little crew and yeah. she even makes like friend, more friends in the second movie. So well, we'll have to cover it at some point. But Yeah, I actually think I like the second movie better than yeah, the first two. Too. So. <laughs> So yeah, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back with recommendations and ratings real quick. Sounds good. All right, guys. We're back. Let's get into some ratings and recommendations. Yeah. So I I love Frozen. I yeah. mean, I don't think I loved it the first watch, though. I watched it by myself. I feel like I was way more into it than I thought I would be. Yeah, I remember when I watched it with you. I was like, you've never seen Frozen. We gotta, we gotta, like... I gotta make a confession, though. We're probably gonna lose a lot of subscribers. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Olaf is annoying as shit. Olaf is annoying okay. as shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Like, Please stop. <laughs> he's, like, the lovable sidekick. But, like, sometimes the I lovable like the sidekick yeah. is... He's a reindeer. Oh, oh, that's right. Reindeer smell bad. Yeah, I was gonna say, there's a whole freaking song. No. Or reindeers don't smell better than people. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, there's a whole whole song. Put it on my kids' Christmas playlist <laughs> kids around. Yeah. yeah, my kids' bop. So yeah. <laughs> what would you uh, give it as a rating then? So rating, I'm going to go very nice. It's yeah. not my ultimate favorite, but the more I watch it, the more it kind of feels like an old friend in a way. Yeah. And I mean, the songs are, <laughs> I, I, so it's, oh my God. How many years later? Nine years later? No, eight years. Yeah. Eight years later. And I still have most of those songs on my dance oh, yeah. playlist. I mean, I, mean, I teach four-year-olds. Like, never go away. Right. No, they really <laughs> never go away. But, like, the fact that kids, like, still yeah. go wild for Let It Go <laughs> is insane. And you have to think about the kids that, when this movie came out seven years ago, were, like, three. So now they're ten. Yeah. And they still will, like... I still have 10 year olds that like talk to me about Frozen and Elsa. It's like like a big deal in their lives. Absolutely. So lasting impact for Frozen. (laughs) I got to give it some good rating. Yeah. 
obviously, of course, my MVP, I'm going Elsa. Masterpiece scene, I'm going Let It Go because... Heck yeah, you can't not. It's, I think, my favorite part of the movie. She's yeah. like letting down her hair. She That's when she gets her beautiful <laughs> blue iconic dress going. Nice and sparkly. It's the best moment of the movie. And then recommendations. Can't go wrong with any other Disney princess movie. Yeah. Got Little Mermaid. Uh, Beauty and the Beast yeah. is always my favorite. Any of those will do. I'm sure you know a bunch. <laughs> That's true. What about you? Um, I'm going to give uh, the six issue arc a very nice. Um, it's, uh, it's cool. It uh, definitely gives you a lot of Iron Man to work with. Obviously, it's pre-Robert Downey Jr. And Marvel for sure writes in that voice for Iron Man mm. after those movies. Mm-hmm. But they didn't quite have it just yet. But it's close. It's getting there. Yeah. And a lot of the iconic scenes from movies came from the six issue arc, you know, visually. So it is cool to check out, especially if you're an Iron Man uh, reader or if you're um, obviously if you're an Iron Man reader, you already read it. But if you like the <laughs> movies, um, go back and check it out. I got this on the Disney Unlimited app, which is a oh. great deal. It's only like seven bucks a month for everything that Marvel's ever put out basically disney Um, just owns the world exactly so uh recommendations the movies go read the movie or watch the movies uh if you want to read any comic books i think around this era i'm personally biased but i think the ed brubaker steve epting captain america series was a bit better (laughs) (laughs) i'm rereading it but it's again this time frame in like 2005 i mean all the stories written in those years is what you see on the big screen. So if you mm. liked any of those movies, just go back and read 2005 comics, man. They knew what they were doing. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then, uh, masterpiece MVP masterpiece scene. So MVP is obviously Iron Man. Yeah. That goes without do. saying. So the, um, masterpiece scene and it's like really funny. So in the beginning, remember he's having that interview with the documentary, like documentarian. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the guy's just like grilling him. So outside of his Stark building, there's people protesting Tony Stark for like guns and stuff with picket signs. And then when he like flies off to like clear his head, everybody's like immediately like, Oh look, Iron Man, that's cool. So it's just <laughs> showing how shitty people could be. That's <laughs> so hilarious. The same people who are protesting are the people who are like, it's Iron Man. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's Iron Man. It's the Which same is person. what I'd be doing, but. <laughs> oh my God. So that's my story. And that's our episode of it's going to be me um thank you guys for listening we appreciate uh everything you guys do which is following us on social media and liking and commenting on our stuff if you want to do a little bit extra for free um you can go on apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review and a little bit of uh a little bit of nice words <laughs> always like to see <laughs> a little that. bit of a five star it really does give us like the oomph to you know crank this stuff out so we do appreciate that and uh you could find all of our back episodes on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, and simplecast stay tuned on our social media for updates heather where could you find those you want to find us on social media you could check us out at parallel fiction on instagram and twitter parallel fiction podcast on facebook or send us a good old-fashioned email <laughs> at parallel fiction pod at gmail.com Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a great week.